Welcome to the awesome pod mix. You are listening to Abby. The idea behind this podcast was to talk about how certain movies and TV shows made me feel when I watched them for the very first time. A reputed filmmaker once said, when a piece of art invokes a similar feeling amidst a large audience, it's the triumph of the filmmaker. That's the magic of cinema. I love the magic of cinema. Today I'll be talking about the TV show Ted Lasso season 3 episode 10. The show is developed by Jason Sudeikis, Bill Lawrence, Brendan Hunt and Joe Kelly. This episode's title is International Break written by Jane Becker and directed by Matt Lipsey. The episode begins with the taping of Soccer Saturday. Richmond is the hottest team in the country on a 10 game winning streak. Go Richmond. West Ham has parted ways with Nate or is it the other way around? George, the former coach of Richmond, takes away all the credit from Nate for West Ham's great performance. I may not like Nate but I would never take away his credit and put him down by saying he's just a kit man. So what if he was a kit man? Usually people start at the bottom and work their way up. Have some grace, George. Who am I expecting to be better? This George isn't even curious. Be curious, not judgmental, George. The panel further talks about the international break and how some players are going to have a chance to represent their country. Cut to the Richmond locker room. Ted walks out of his office into the locker room and congratulates the team on another victorious outcome. Ted reveals because of the international break there's no game next week. Everyone cheers and Ted reacts surprised. Ted says, "All right, look, hey, it kind of hurts my feelings that you don't want to spend the next weekend with me if I'm being honest, but I'm the silent type so I ain't gonna let you know. But I'm also loud and weak because like all humans I contain multitudes. It's okay to be loud and weak, Ted." I'm an enigma and I contain multitudes. Coach Beard reveals the list of players representing their country. Jamie for England, Van Dam for Canada going up against Mexico and Danny Rojas, Bumbacatch for Switzerland and Colin Hughes for Wales. Our strong and capable man. Ted says, "Let's go ahead and wish our friends safe travels and Godspeed or whichever narcotic your deity chooses to self-medicate with." Damn, I love this self-medicating line. I laughed so hard at this that I had to rewind it a couple of times to ensure I heard what I heard. Everyone is a little bummed that Sam wasn't selected. Isaac checks with Sam to see if he's okay. Jamie walks over to Sam and apologizes because he wasn't selected. Sam congratulates Jamie for his selection. Their equation has come such a long way, from enemies to teammates to friends. Tears, legit tears. Jamie and Sam hug. You can be happy for your friend's success even though you may not be doing well for yourself. It's not that hard. When Terry Zoho walks up to Danny to congratulate his bro, you see a side of Danny you've never seen before. I was a poet and I didn't even know it. Danny responds, "I am not your bro. We are now enemies and soon you'll be my bitch." Danny is the menace. Terry is legit terrified. His response is, "What the f- My thoughts exactly. The title sequence begins. Ted, Rebecca and Trent are having some girl talk. They discuss about some wine delivery service that never misses unless you're pregnant. I don't know if they were discussing about wine delivery or menstruation because if that was your intent, Jane, I got you. When Rebecca discusses Nate's exit from West Ham, Ted says he has no clue and it's none of his business. Ted is such a gentleman. Rebecca says Ted, I mean this in the nicest way possible, but you suck at girl talk. Ted is aware, but he doesn't like to gossip. Rebecca tries to explain that it's not gossip, it's just speculation. Trent chimes in with his speculation. 
he reveals he heard rumors about inappropriate workplace behavior over at West Ham. Rebecca quips in, see, excellent girl talk, though none of them believe that Nate is capable of anything like that. Higgy Pie comes in with the news that Edwin Afuku is back in town to put together a super league. Ted questions, why is it so bad that a billionaire wants to put together a bunch of superheroes to fight crime? Trent clarifies, ooh, Ted, you're thinking about Justice League. Rebecca reveals she won't be surprised if Rupert is involved in it. Just then, her phone buzzes and she says, speak of the devil. Rupert's contact is saved as the devil on her phone. That's another D word that comes to mind for Rupert apart from Dick. Rebecca disconnects the call. Ted is still trying to figure who the devil is. He asks, it was Rupert? Rebecca says, yes. Ted genuinely thought it was the actual devil. Jason genuinely made me laugh at this. Jason, 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 Jason. Maximum Jason. Jason has played the devil in many sketches on Saturday Night Live. Jade comes over to Nate's house to check on him. Nate doesn't regret quitting his job. Jade informs she is visiting her folks in Poland for a week. When Nate checks outside his window, he sees the press members waiting for him. He gets back to his bed and covers his head under the sheet. When Keely is on her way to the office, some people are taking out the furniture. I knew her office was getting emptied and Jack was pulling the funding. All of us saw it coming. Keely had no clue whatsoever. Barbara fills Keely in. Keely walks away sad. She puts on the blinds in her office and cries. This Canada-Mexico match has turned Danny into a nachos crushing monster. Danny's the menace. Hey Danny, football is life, remember? Ted tries to cheer Sam up and motivate him, reminding the story about Michael Jordan's rejection. Sam already knows the story, so it's a tad bit less motivating. Ted tells Sam, be a goldfish, a piece of advice he's given Sam since the first season. Coach Beard and Jane are going for some axe-throwing activity. Ted is definitely not joining them. That's just my guess. Roy has his own thing. Coach Beard reveals he has 17 axes. <laughs> What do you do with <laughs> Sam and Rebecca bump into each other in the hallway. After they exchange pleasantries, Rebecca feels sorry because Sam didn't get selected for the Nigerian national team. Sam feels he could have worked harder. It's not your fault, Sam. Rebecca says, I think you're wonderful. She playfully touches the strings of his hoodie and then his arm. Sam fist bumps her on the shoulder. Just hug each other already. A smiling Rebecca walks into her office and her smile wanes when she sees Rupert in there. Rene, who works in the sewers, let Rupert in. Rebecca sternly tells Rupert to make an appointment for the next time. I am so proud of Rebecca for giving it off to Rupert. Rupert invites her to the meeting for the Akufu League. This is Rupert's way of extending an olive branch. Roy is seen sporting a cone hat as Phoebe and his mom celebrate Uncle's Day. Phoebe's mom is the same person who treated Dr. Sharon when she met with an accident. The doorbell rings and Phoebe welcomes Jamie in. Roy is not thrilled to see Jamie. Phoebe reveals she had to invite Roy's best friend. Roy and Jamie say in unison, He's not my best friend. Yeah, right, and we totally believe you. Jamie got Roy the most thoughtful gift ever. It's the original England kit from 2014 World Cup with Roy's name on the back. Jamie got them to change the E to the U. You know, for Kent. Get it? 
Before Roy could say anything, I said, I love it. Roy loves it too. Phoebe finally gets it. Honestly, it took me a while to get it too. Phoebe gifts Roy a tie-and-dye t-shirt she made at school with colors red, orange and yellow to spell Roy. Jamie fucking loves it. Roy is having trouble expressing his feelings. He says, thank you. Jamie sighs and says, your sister is fit. Roy replies, I'll cut your eyes out. Jamie bursts into laughter. He was clearly joking. Sam enters Ola's and there are no guests other than Edwin or Khufu. Edwin and his minions say a bunch of dumb things to Sam. Sam doesn't get affected because he knows they're a bunch of jerks who know nothing. Juveniles, I tell ya. Edwin is so petty that he bribed the government to not select Sam for the Nigerian national team. What a waste. Sam is going to play for the Nigerian national team by the end of the season. By evening, the press is no more stationed outside Nate's house. He sneaks out of his house to sneak into his parents' house. Higgy Pie is having his tea when Rebecca storms into his cabin. Not a good season for Higgy Pie and his tea because it's spilling all over him like it's hot for him. Rebecca apologizes for startling Higgy Pie. Rebecca needs advice, but Keely is not answering. Rebecca can't find Ted and Sassy is on a plane with no Wi-Fi. Higgy Pie is flattered. Rebecca doesn't want to be a part of the Akufu League. Higgy Pie compares Edwin Akufu to Willy Wonka. Rebecca feels that the only reason Rupert invited her is because she's a woman. Her inclusion in the league will make them look good. Higgy Pie tells Rebecca to not care about the why. She got a seat at the table. She just needs to see what's what. Higgy Pie genuinely cares about Rebecca because he doesn't want her to get hurt. Rebecca calls Keely. Keely is busy getting drinks at the Crown and the Anchor Pub at 10.40 in the morning. When Keely interacts with me, she feels she has the opposite of Midas' touch. Something like Midas' shit. May says a wonderful line. Shit helps things grow, love. Keely asks May if May is short for something. Her response is maybe. May is a business owner of the Crown and Anchor Pub for a little over 40 years. May advises lightning is a good thing if you are ready for it. Their interaction felt like Keely was meeting an older version of herself. In a montage, we see Nate's mom taking care of him. She brings him food as he lays on the bed recovering. Even I want to be taken care of like that. It feels nice to be taken care of. The next scene begins with a close-up of footsteps walking into Richmond Training Facility. The song Red Right Hand by Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds plays. We see jaw-dropping reactions of people. We see a close-up of Roy walking, but we don't know why the jaw-dropping reaction. I could spot Phoebe's t-shirt in Roy's close-up. Now we know why the jaw-dropping reaction. As Roy slam opens the doors of the hallway, we see a mid-shot of Roy sporting the tie-and-dye t-shirt. Coach Beard is reading Finding the Mother Tree by Suzanne Simard. When he looks up, he reacts shocked looking at Roy's t-shirt. He tries to get Ted's attention, who's busy on his phone. I think Coach Beard throws a sugar sachet at Ted to draw his attention. Ted and Coach Beard get up from their chairs and walk toward Roy as Roy walks away. They wonder what the hell happened. Trent spots Roy stepping out of the cabin. He enters the cabin with a question mark on his face. Ted, Trent and Coach Beard look at each other wondering if it is indeed Roy Kent. All of them nod, confirming it is Roy Kent. Keely receives a text from Rebecca that reads, Okay, now I am worried. Are you alive? Text no if dead. Don't expect me to text no if I am dead. 
all of Richmond watches the international match between Canada and Mexico at the training facility together. Isaac pulls his shades down to see to believe what Roy is wearing. During the match, Danny kicks the ball so hard it breaks Terry's nose. Danny is the menace. Rebecca makes notes for her Super League meeting. The everyday independent write-up she refers to is dated 10th March 2023. When Rebecca's phone rings and she reaches inside her purse, she finds Ola's matchbook and Ted's soldier stuck together. She smiles and places them on the table. The message was from Rupert, so it's not important. Roy throws his t-shirt and drives away when someone comments twins. His car screeches to a halt and reverses to pick the t-shirt back up. I knew he wouldn't do that to Phoebe or her gift. Keely is taking a stroll. She receives a gift from Rebecca. Keely turns and spots something in the shop window and smiles. Rebecca stands in front of a mirror. She shuts her eyes and tries to calm herself. All we see is her reflection in the mirror and her reaction. When she opens her eyes, she reacts. She sees her younger self in the reflection. Rebecca makes herself big like a lion. That's why she's a lion, powerful and majestic. And I am a panda, a grief panda at that. Once she's done, the reflection goes back to her adult self. She's a grown woman. She fixes her top and leaves. Roy drops Phoebe at school. Phoebe's teacher stops Roy in his tracks. Her name is Leon Bowen. It's a reference to one of the writers on Ted Lasso. Leon points out that Roy looks different, lighter than the last time she saw him and less stuck. She teaches kids and doesn't mind cleaning up a mess. Babe, don't be a part of a clean-up crew. She hopes that the mess didn't cause too much damage. Roy says, Fudge! Keely gives Barbara a present. It's a Richmond snow globe. Barbara will have to buy it or else it won't count. Barbara also wants a receipt. It's all so weird. Keely is now left with the one thing she brought with her, the Jaguar and the KGPR neon sign. Rebecca arrives at the Super League meeting. Surprisingly, Rupert arrives right after her. Rupert introduces Rebecca as the owner of Richmond. That's a first. When Nate's parents step out of the house, Nate steps out of the room. Nate finds his old photo album over the song Light Live by Michael Kivanuka. They've used Nick Muhammad's actual younger photographs. Nate goes up to the attic and searches for something. He takes out the violin. A Khufu Super League is elitist. After his speech about this is the future of football and the future is now, Rebecca receives a text from Keeley. The text reads, I'm so sorry I haven't texted, but you got this. And don't forget, at one point, they were all just a bunch of little boys. I knew in that moment that Rebecca was going to picture these men as a bunch of little boys. Nate opens the violin case and tunes the instrument. Nate plays the violin. Rupert checks with Rebecca what she thinks of a Khufu Super League. Rebecca begins with, is this a fucking joke? She looks at the men and pictures them as a bunch of little boys, just like I predicted. Rebecca continues, what do you think you're doing? Just stop it. I mean, how much more money do any of you really need? Now the shot changes to the adult men. Rebecca continues, why would you ever consider taking something away from people that means so much to them? This isn't a game. Football isn't just a game. Rebecca's voice pours in over the International England game. Richmond watches this match together as well. 
Over Sam's shot, Rebecca's voice pours in. It's one of the amazing things in life that can make you feel shit one moment. Because Sam is not feeling good. Roy is writing a sorry note, but he's unable to find the words. When Jamie shows his England team jersey, it's number 24. It's Sam's number. Sam's not paying attention, so everyone makes Sam look. Rebecca continues. And it's Christmas morning the next. Number 24 is a nod to Sam Obisanya. It's yet another sweet gesture from Jamie to his friend. Over the shot of Roy, Rebecca's voice pours in. It has the ability to make heroes and villains out of ordinary men. The shot changes to Nate because he became a villain. Rebecca says, People love this game. My father loved this game. You all used to love this game. I'm sure of it. Rebecca goes on to narrate the story of how Rupert was a fan and then he went on to buy the club from where he was once thrown out. Rupert listens to this all misty-eyed. You don't humanize the demon, Rebecca. Over the shot of Nate, Rebecca's voice pours in. Just because we own these teams doesn't mean they belong to us. Ted had said something similar about the football club fans. It's their team. We are just borrowing it for a little while. Rebecca's voiceover continues. And I don't want to be a part of something that could possibly destroy this beautiful game. Because I would hate for all the little kids and grown-ups out there to ever lose access to that beautiful, passionate part of themselves. Akufu acknowledges the lovely speech, but after a while he walks out angrily. We see a shot of all the club owners covered in food. Akufu made Francis throw food at them. Rupert and Rebecca look at each other and laugh. At home, Nate reacts startled to see his father listening to him play the violin. His father makes a heartfelt apology for pushing Nate too hard because he didn't know how to parent a genius child. Now he just wants Nate to be happy. His father could have hugged him, but okay, baby steps. Rupert checks with Rebecca if it's okay to remove the food particle from her hair. Rupert steps forward, leaning in to kiss Rebecca. Rebecca makes it plenty clear that she doesn't want him to kiss her. Rebecca, you've grown leaps and bounds. That's some great progress. Thank you for not getting back with the person who emotionally abused you. You've set such a great example. I am so proud of you. It shows you are healing. Roy is outside Keeley's house trying to slip in the sorry note. Keeley walks in from behind and scares Roy. Roy asks, what are you doing here? Keeley replies, I live here. Roy hands over the sorry note to Keeley. Keeley is unable to read Roy's handwriting. Roy reads the note out aloud to her. Dear Keeley, I want you to know something. You never did anything wrong. It was all me. I was stuck, stuck in my own shit, and I didn't want to cause you any harm with it. So I pulled away. But you are. You are and always will be. Keeley fucking Jones. And if I ever did anything, anything at all, that made you feel like that wasn't true, I am sorry. There it is. A sincere apology with meaningful eye contact. Roy says, I love you. I love you too. Sincerely yours, Roy Kent XOXO. He's the only Roy Keeley knows. But Roy didn't want to assume. Keeley thanks Roy. Roy smiles, nods and leaves. The song Golden Star by Middle Kids fades in. Nate and his parents play a game of cards. Keeley's doorbell rings. She runs down to open the door. It's Rebecca at the door. Keeley reacts thinking that Rebecca has been shot. 
Rebecca reveals she just convinced a room full of Rupert's dickhead friends to pull out of a Khufu's league. Keely isn't sure if that is good. Rebecca tells Keely to hug her because it's good. Of course, Keely is proud of Rebecca. Rebecca is glad to see Keely alive but also mad at her for not texting. They sit down to have one of their girl talks. Rebecca learns that Jack pulled away Keely's funding. Of course, Rebecca is upset that Keely didn't tell her. Keely didn't find the right time and the right way and she didn't want to. Rebecca says, Well, they are idiots because you, Keely Jones, are a bloody marvel. Rebecca checks how much money was Jack putting in the funding of KJPR. It's a lot and Keely doesn't want Rebecca to do that. Rebecca asks Keely to shut up because it's her money, her choice. Keely writes the amount on a piece of paper like they do in the movies. She slides the piece of paper to Rebecca. Rebecca looks at the amount, smiles and is more than happy to fund KJPR. She's got that much amount lying in cash. Keely accepts and hugs Rebecca. Rebecca now reveals that Rupert tried to kiss her. Keely wants to know if their lips touched. Rebecca pulled back straight away. She made it clear with a look. Keely reacts. Babe, that's huge. Can you imagine if you had fell for it and you got back with Rupert? You can spot Roy sporting a pink bathrobe in the background. Keely continues. After all that floppy cock has done, you would have to be insane. Rebecca reacts as she spots Roy behind Keely. Keely continues. You would have to be at the bottom of your emotional barrel to do something that dumb, right? Rebecca raises her eyebrow. Keely turns to look at Roy. Roy and Rebecca salute each other. Will the kit man walks into the locker room and finds that everything is in order. It's a round trolley shot with Will in the foreground looking around the locker room and coming back to Will's close-up for reaction. He smells lavender. Will finds a note for him with one lavender strand. The note reads, I am sorry, wonder kid. The camera tracks into Will as he reacts overwhelmed. He smiles, smells the lavender and walks away. This was so sweet. Nate used Renee's help to sneak into Richmond's training facility. Barbara returns the snow globe to Keeley because she doesn't want to quit. The song Done Did Me No Good by Bahamas fades in. All of the Richmond players meet in the locker room post the international break. Sam hugs Mo. Richard high fives Jamie. Danny is back to being his actual self. He's all hola ami going Terry Zoho. Sam checks in with Colin. Sam puts up a picture of the 1994 Nigerian World Cup team in his locker. Toward the end of the season, Sam will play for the Nigerian national team and win the World Cup in the epilogue. Trent questions Coach Beard. So where are you from originally? Coach Beard is reading The Club by Joshua Robinson and Jonathan Clegg. I figured out the name of the book but not the author so I asked one of my friends to look it up for me. I usually don't ask for help and when I did and they came through for me, I was really grateful. Coach Beard refuses to answer the question on the grounds that it's too personal. But Coach Beard reveals he's from Peoria. Peoria is in Illinois. Rebecca puts back the same David Hockney sketch on her office wall. Ted knocks at the door. Ted checks with Rebecca if she drew the sketch. Rebecca informs it's a David Hockney. Ted thinks David Hockney is a very talented little boy. Ted gives Rebecca the biscuit box. She puts the box on the table over the newspaper that reads the headline, Crash of the Titans. Rumored a Khufu leak falls apart. Rebecca picks up her teacup. Rebecca confesses, Ted, I want to share something with you that I've recently realized. Ted quips in, 
How weird it is that margarita pizza doesn't have alcohol in it. I am with you, sister. Rebecca says, No, Ted. I've realized I no longer care if I beat Rupert. Ted smiles. Oh, yeah? Rebecca replies, Yeah, I mean, I still want to win. But for all of us, for Richmond. Ted says, I want to win for us too. It's like he's saying I love you too. Chills, literal chills. Rebecca spits tea in Ted's face. Rebecca says, it just feels like it's ceremonial at this point. This tea spitting thing is a reference to season 1 episode 10 titled The Hope That Kills You. Ted, while batting his eyelashes, says, Hey, as long as none of that tree piss gets in my mouth, I'm actually okay with it. The song Union Jack by Big Audio Dynamite kicks in. The end credits begin. Did Ted just refer to tea as tree piss? He's so darn cute. I absolutely love him. Please bat those eyelashes at me. Has anyone ever spit their drink in someone else's face or vice versa? I've actually spit my drink in someone else's face. And they're doing very well for themselves now. I was just saying some regular fuck yous and they made a remark that I wasn't expecting. That made me spit my drink in the face of the person seated next to me. Don't worry, that drink had very low alcohol content. Of course I apologize profusely. Boy, oh boy, I'm gonna miss Ted Lasso. Toward the end of the credits, the slate reads David Hockney, football player 1964. Pencil and colored pencil on paper 12 and a half into 10 inches. Copyright David Hockney. You can listen to the awesome pod mix and subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music and Google Podcasts. If you like what I'm doing, you can support me on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash awesome pod mix. Thanks for listening.